Hello and welcome to uh, the first episode of It's a Bit Spursy. My name is Barney. And I'm Dan. Uh, and we are here for our first podcast uh, talking all about Tottenham Hotspur. I am very excited. I have wanted to do this for so long. I, I'm in the exact same boat. I'd say like 14 or 15 year old me would just be running around the room mm-hmm. just in absolute extreme excitement right now because I've wanted to talk about Spurs for a long time. Yeah. You've never spoken about them. I've never spoken about them. <laughs> This is the first time I've publicly yeah. spoken about <laughs> Spurs at all. Yeah. Oh, I've been trying. I've been trying for so long. Dan, just like I know you're watching the game. Just tell and you're like, no, I can't. No, I can't. I can't. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. You know I've put this self-imposed block yeah. on it and I refuse to do it until right now. Yeah. Um, but it, it's weird. Like I've literally the only other Spurs fan I know is my dad. Mm. Yeah. So I've ever since I was a kid, mm-hmm. I think I've wanted to like – have a friend who's interspersed, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and be able to actually just chat about them, yeah, instead of like listening to uh, listening to other Spurs podcasts, which yeah. are all great and all really fun. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. think there's just something that you know sometimes you just want to dip your toes in and do it yourself. Yep, yep. I feel exactly the same way. There are I have so many mates that you know are following the Prem or following whatever you know European league, and I don't know anyone apart from you that, that supports Spurs, <laughs> which I don't know what that says. About the club, but you know, um, yeah. Well, I feel like I, I don't know. Living in Melbourne mm. and growing up here, there, it, it's funny. Like I, I, for a long time, I didn't see any Spurs supporters anywhere. Mm. But these days, I'm seeing a lot more. Like just out yeah. and about, there was someone like riding a bike, and they'll have some, you know, some Spurs kit on or something like that. So I don't know if the club is like, you know, it's grown a lot. Mm. Obviously, in the last sort of 10, 15 years. Yeah, but it's good to see some <laughs> other mm. people floating around. But yeah. Yeah, like all growing up, it was always like everyone at school was a Man U fan, Chelsea mm-hmm. fan. Yep. In the tail end of it, City started coming into play. Mm, yep. um, and so people I just completely despise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's difficult to uh, talk uh, with them about any topic, let alone football. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and like, I mean, same for me at school, so many, you know, Man U fans, Arsenal fans. Um, I feel like I've sworn. <laughs> That's the first time it's been said. I've, um, uh, Liverpool fans. Um, one of my best mates is a Chelsea fan, and that is uh, painful. That is painful. Yeah, I know. It's like, do you have a? Is there a lot of banter that goes back and forth between you? I I wish there was. I wish there was, but um. Being uh, my friend Tim, being a Chelsea fan, he's not able to uh, banter. It's just it's it's high emotion, it's high stakes. Um, there's not a lot of room to talk about the game in a in a fun way, hmm. um, which I think is a perfect representation of that of that club. So, well, it's indicative of all Chelsea fans mm, the world yeah. the world over. It's, the world um, over. Yeah, it's it's disgusting, and it's like I guess. Coming up through high school and when Chelsea first became good, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people did jump on the bandwagon then. Yep. And so I always found it funny that they would try and talk trash to you mm. for going for some, a team like Spurs. Yeah. But it would always be a bit weird. It mm. felt like they were kind of forcing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, you suck. We won this thing. Mm. We started going for them six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, so I don't know about you. Like I was my dad's Spurs fan. Yeah. Um, and he, he's he been going for Spurs for like, it, it'd probably be like 50 years or so. Mm-hmm. So I really had no choice when I was yeah. brought up. Like I was brought up go, to go for Spurs before I even knew that there was a choice to go for any other teams. Yeah. So I never had any say in the matter really. Yeah. Um, and I got given my first Spurs kit when I, I think I was about eight. Mm. Uh, and so it, I was just 
indoctrinated and that was it. That was end of story. There was no other um, ever. It wasn't ever a possibility to sort yep. of like go for anyone else. Mm. Yep. So like, I don't know. How did you get into well, following the club? I listen to that story and I get very envious because my my supporting of Spurs is a, was a choice. Um, and it, you know, when, when people talk to you about uh, going, <laughs> going for a football club, it's very important to have an origin story, whether mine was simply that um, I had a best mate who went for Man U and he said, you go for Man U. And I was like, no, fuck that. <laughs> and Hang on, wait, you had a best mate who just told you, you go for Man U. You go U for now. Man U as well. I go for Man U, go for Man U. He, his um, parents are from Manchester and uh, I was like, I'm not doing that. So I had a look. Did he try to sell you on anything else or was it just? Oh, it was just like, no, you go for them. They're the okay. best. Okay. They're the best. <laughs> Um, and so I sort of like loosely followed them until 20. I got very, very, very invested come a period in recent history, which to me seems extremely bizarre for one to get invested at that point because it was a real point of um, a rebuild, uh, which maybe is a good um, access point, but it was <laughs> the point where I got very, very uh uh, excited and, and, and properly, I think became a supporter. Would be when when Bale got sold because oh, right. like, <laughs> it felt like this reset where I was like, "Well, I mean, you know, I've always just been like, yeah, they're my team, um, but this is like, oh, I can access this now. Seven new players, and apparently they're all amazing. Yeah, the magnificent, <laughs> the seven. magnificent seven. Um, That's really interesting. So that was the turning point where you got more invested. More invested, yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, (laughs) yeah. It was like this weird like like a crisis point for the (laughs) – oh, maybe at the time it wasn't so much of a crisis point. It was like exciting. Yeah, Um, definitely didn't seem like a crisis when it happened. It was sold to us like this is an upgrade. Yeah, this is amazing. This is it, yeah. There's a seven, you know, Champions League level players – um, and arguably maybe only one of them <laughs> ended up being at that level. Um, of course, yeah. you're talking about Vlad Kirkesh. I'm right? talking about Kirkesh. Yeah, of course. Uh, of course. Um, what a player. What a, <laughs> what a player. What a player. Yeah. What wow. a player. I do remember there was one game. Um, it might have been uh, – no, no, Poch would have been in charge, so it would have been the year after. It would have been 2014 – or 15, 16 maybe, we played mm-hmm. Everton and we beat them 2-1 and he played a right back. And it was like, the, I think the best game he played <laughs> for us and it still was like pretty mental. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do love that that thought though, that when you do get a player who, especially a centre-back and they play a game at right back mm. and then you're like, oh, they played okay. Suddenly yeah. your mind starts racing like, all right, we've got a new right back. Yeah, exactly. We've got this. And then yeah. they never, ever play there again. No, no, no. It happened at the start, I think, when uh, when Dyer first came in. Yeah, he played it right back. And it was like, oh, he, he can be right back. He mm. can be right back. Oh, defensive mid. Yeah. Oh, centre back. Centre back, yeah. Uh, <laughs> is he a footballer? We don't know. Yeah, who knows? Uh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> What's happened? What's Jury's happened? still out on that one. Yeah. Uh, but I do love that sort of versatility. Like there's an excitement about if a player's a bit crap in one position, mm. about them playing okay in another position. Yeah. And it's almost like there's that relief of like, oh. Okay, all we had to do, like, they, we just yeah. had them in the wrong position. Exactly. Now they're yep. going to be a superstar. Yeah, it was a square peg in a round hole, but now it's all square, baby. It's all square. <laughs> yeah. It's, done. It's, 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 it's perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always one game. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, then, yeah, and then that's it. And then it. that's it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Look, that was an interesting time to get uh, get involved with supporting Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, well, not get involved with supporting it, but like I think, like you said, like, like just taking it more seriously. Take, yeah. Like really yeah. getting in, in that, depth. That would. I think that season would have been the first season that I watched every single game. Yeah. Um. And but bizarre, like a bizarre time because obviously end of AVB and then <laughs> the Shield era. <laughs> Um, the Sherwood era. Yeah. Wow. What a time that was. <laughs> what a time. Um, yeah. So I mean, you've had you've had so much more. Uh, you've got so much more of a, like a, a larger sample across the years of what it's like to support Spurs. So for you, like, uh, what has your relationship been with following the team, and and what have you noticed in terms of of how things have changed? Um, I'd say it's been a painful. <laughs> Mostly yeah. painful relationship because yeah. mm-hmm. I think the only cup I we've won since I've been going for the team. Actually, no, we won something in the late nineties, didn't we? Yeah, like ninety eight or ninety nine or something like that. I think we won. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the league cup or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was too young then. I was yeah. still sort of probably like twelve, thirteen, something like that. Um, so I can really only remember one sense of victory when mm. I was in Thailand. And we played Chelsea in the, the again, league. the League Cup. Yeah. Um, and I think Jonathan Woodgate maybe won the game with a header, um, <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah. That's like the only time I can remember like being like, yes, we've done something. We're, we're actually, mm. um, you know, we've achieved something, we've, we've won. And I was in a bar alone in Thailand. Far out. Um, so that even that one moment of success, I, I wasn't really able to share that mm. so much with people. Um, I watched quite a lot of games with my dad mm. over the years, but as – as time's gone on, he's not so up for watching the late games anymore. Yeah. Um, I guess it's also probably because the results haven't been incredible. Mm. Um, so I don't blame him <laughs> for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's like I've never I've never doubted going for Spurs. Um, I've always I've always enjoyed the experience, even though it hasn't been that fruitful. Yeah. But I must admit, I did feel that when we made the Champions League final, mm. I thought, oh, finally. Finally, yeah. we're going to have something, especially missing out on the leagues by in really relatively slim margins yeah. for a couple of years before. I thought, okay, here we go. Champions League final. We're mm-hmm. going to win something. We're going to do this. I was like, also, like my dad's very healthy. Like he's fine. He's mm. going to, mm. you know, hopefully. I mean, nothing's going to happen to him anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. But it was also, he kind of was saying, he's like, oh, you know, this is probably the only chance I have to see, you know, Spurs win the Champions League in my lifetime. Yeah. And, do that and, and get really excited for that. Mm. He was also actually in Spain wow. on holiday. Yeah, right. Um, when that, and I was saying to him, like, you have to go to the game. Yeah. Clearly you have to go to the game. And he was just like, no, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Mm. Good that he didn't in the end. Yeah. It wouldn't have been fun. Um, <laughs> no. But I think it's like, I don't know. If, if I had to sum up going for Spurs, I'd be like, it's just eternal hope. Mm-hmm. And it's like, also probably there's a bit of, there's this thought that like we are, a club that deserves more than what we're getting. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that I haven't really felt much change over the years. Mm-hmm. Although I guess actually in like peak Pochettino era, mm. it did kind of feel like, hey, we actually might win something rather yeah. than kind of, you know, battling for like fifth or sixth mm. or something like that. Yeah. But I guess because we didn't actually win anything, mm. nothing like got cemented as like a change. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind. So I don't know. I feel like I've, I've passed the point now where, I definitely can't switch clubs mm. and I don't want to. Yeah. Um, so I'm just hoping <laughs> that mm. sometime soon we will actually challenge for something. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's uh, so interesting. 
you know, the idea of <laughs> switching clubs when, especially with the with the current run of results, like when I reflect for myself, I'm like, there's no, you just chose this team and then that's it. You, there's no, um, there's no family tie or anything like that holding you to them. You could just swap. But I could, like, I couldn't, like, I never would, I couldn't, I never would. You've got, like, the get out of jail free card yeah, just sitting there in front of you. Exactly. But I, I couldn't do it. And I, <laughs> part of me thinks that maybe, maybe it might have something to do with the fact that uh, there is uh, something in your brain that, uh, the reason why gambling is so addictive is because when something is greater than, when the achievement is greater than you thought it was going to be or the experience is better, you get a huge dopamine hit and I reckon that might be what's <laughs> <laughs> because every now and then there's this, you know, like I remember for me when we beat Mourinho's Chelsea, um, was it 5-3 in the end? I remember that was like, yeah, like I can remember almost every single moment <laughs> from that night because it was so brilliant and so unexpected. And is, is that the game where the Chad scored? The Chad did he score. He did score, didn't he? Yeah, he scored, yeah. Yep. And uh, did Townsend get one as well or he got a pen? Oh, he he might have. Yeah. Yeah. I seem to remember Chadley doing that. Kane scored one from pretty far out, yeah. didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that was a I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that was almost the first time in such a long time that we'd beaten Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Ages, 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 mm. ages. Um and that was huge for me because it was the first time I got to sit next to my <laughs> friend Tim and we one and yeah. it was <laughs> like I didn't even know what to do with myself when it happened because uh, I hadn't <laughs> experienced that at all yeah um with him like how do I process yeah this? how do I even process this like what do I say like what's the meanest thing I can say <laughs> I feel like him? your insult would have come out pretty badly like as in like it wouldn't have been a good dig no no it would have been <laughs> awful <laughs> yeah it would have been awful it's kind of like a kid who's been bullied all their life at school, finally they say something to the bully. Yeah. And it's never good. It's, it's, it's not, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a, like a really sort of like the heart's there, but it's misguided yeah. and a bit off. And, and it's yeah. just a bit sad. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, yeah. totally. That's exactly what <laughs> it would have been. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So I guess taking in, into account with all that, like, um, you know, how do you, how do you feel about this season so far? How we've, how we've gone? I mean, I, I was so to, to go back on the the hope train, so filled with hope um, at the start of the season because we we did look so good, and there was a lot of discussion around the fact that we were outperforming our xG um, <laughs> by, by a lot, and that we were over reliant on Kane and Son. But when it was happening, it was sort of like, well, it's going to keep on going. Like it it doesn't matter if the other team knows your tactics if your tactics are so good that they can't stop them. Definitely, they, yeah. Um, and it did feel like that. Yeah. There was a time where it felt like, hey, you know, if we win this way, there was all those debates, which um, all those questions that just kept coming up, which was like, well, if we win the title this year, are you fine with playing this way? And we're like, yeah. yeah, of course we are. Yeah, of course. It doesn't matter if you course, win. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I just want to win. Yeah. Um, so I, d- I definitely feel like, yeah, that emotion came through. We like, oh, finally something could happen here. Yeah, exactly. But I also felt like the the football itself wasn't so bad until the West Ham game. That was a real turning mm. point where I felt like they were – I mean, the Everton game, the first game of the season was horrendous. Mm. And then from there it seemed like it was – there was sort of – it was more progressive than maybe expected from Mourinho. 
and then uh, West Ham happened and then it just turned into, you know, like classic, you know, low block, counter. Um, And it feels like to me that that West Ham 3-3 was the death of the season because we've never really recovered from it and gone back to what we were doing before. Um, and also it was the, a Man U game. Yeah. It was only a couple of games beforehand. That's right, yeah. And that was like there was a lot of pressing going on. It was nice expansive, absolutely thrashed them. Mm-hmm. And that was like, oh, okay, yeah. this is a team. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is this a team. is a team. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was, a, there was a shot, I think we talked about it, of you see Regulon like run like 50 metres back to cover a ball and I was like far out, these guys. This reminds me <laughs> of like peak potch spurs where they're just yeah. like absolutely killing themselves to win and that seems to be completely gone now so yeah it couldn't be any more gone it could not be any more like the gone. tank is completely it just seems like it's completely empty yeah yeah it is bizarre how have you felt leading up to this point uh i think similar to you i was very excited mm. um actually not quite yeah not at the start because the everton game was like oh okay you know but you get into that thing of like it's first game yeah. Let's not read too much into results. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all just chill out mm-hmm. and let's see what happens in a few games time. Yeah. And then I think going to old um, Old Trafford, beating Man U like we did, mm-hmm. I was like, I started to believe. Yeah. I wasn't believing like, oh, we we are a chance for the title here, but I was mm-hmm. like, I was believing in like, okay, hmm, maybe like all these criticisms of Mourinho playing like a very defensive style and all that sort of stuff that's, you know, the, the sort of the general thing that's always thrown at him. Mm. I was like, okay, maybe that's not the case now. Maybe mm. he's evolved. Mm. We're going to play a bit differently. We're going to play like that. And if mm-hmm. we play every team, if we play against every team in the way that we played against Man U, mm. what's to say we couldn't be challenging for something? Yeah, exactly. Um, or yeah. at least in the mix for it. Mm-hmm. So I was very optimistic then. Mm-hmm. And then I think even when we first started having the um, quote unquote uh, Mourinho masterclasses, yeah. um, and against City, and that working and mm. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, look, I'm down. If that's mm. the way that we beat City, great. Yeah. Like I'm, I'll take anything at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when that stopped working, seeing us still keep trying yeah. and then also playing against like what we would consider to be like lesser teams, mm-hmm. that to me was kind of like maybe my turning point in my support of this method because I was like, hang on, we shouldn't be playing against that team like this. Like yeah. I understand if it's a City or if it's mm-hmm. a Liverpool but if it's like a Brighton or something, like yeah, um, and I can't remember the first game, like when it was against like a a mm. lesser team, we we were just not attacking and, and it, but then I was like, what's happening? Mm. Um, and now it's gotten to the point where I feel like Mourinho was criticised a lot about this after going on you know a whole run of losses, and then now out of somewhere in certain games we have started playing a little bit more attackingly, yeah. And then you hear Mourinho quoted saying things like, "Well, this is how I want the team to play." Yeah. Like, and you're just like, "That's that's not right." Yeah, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> that's a lie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think uh, if I'm remembering correctly, that the first because after we went on that Mourinho masterclass run where we were, you know, we beat Burnley by a goal and then West Brom by a goal, and um, there was a Crystal Palace game we scored first. Ah, uh, yeah, and then just like decided to defend when actually, you know, and, and weirdly also there was so much evidence around that if you attack them, they crumble and you beat them. Totally. And then we didn't do that and then drew 1-1 and then, yeah, that that run of just of lots of conceding late or playing really defensively against teams that you're like, what? 
just attack, just attack and see what happens. Yeah. And you know, mixed into that was the whole like Mourinho saying, "Well, I didn't tell them to play like that." And it's like, "Well, then, like, who did? Like, yeah, <laughs> like who is telling them?" Is like Jao just like nicking off on the side of training and giving everyone like sneaky hidden tactics? Yeah, is he slipping them notes in the locker room? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I know Jose wants you to play this way, yeah. but hey, hey, you know, mm. just sit back more. Mm, yeah, sit back. <laughs> sit trust back more. me. Sit back more. <laughs> This can't fail. Yeah, it cannot. It cannot fail at all. If we just put lots of plays in front of the ball, it uh, it will do fine. The, the thing that scares me about that good run of results is that Sissoko was in the team for a mm. lot of that, and he you know covered Aurier when he'd bomb up that uh, right hand side. And since Sissoko has since that stopped working, and then Sissoko has kind of dropped out of the team. The results also haven't been great, but they're also bad with him in it. So I worry that Sissoko <laughs> has completely broken Tottenham Hotspur as a football club. It's Yeah, which is a, a big thing for someone to do. Mm, um, yeah. I thought for a second you were going to praise Sissoko overall, oh. but I liked it. It was I feel like your comment was like similar to like a lot of a lot of players this season, where mm. it's like we've gotten in moments where we're like, oh, they're doing really well, mm. they're playing well. Like people like Sissoko, like Aurier, mm-hmm. like Dyer, like oh they're doing they're doing a job while we're yeah. getting wind, and then we start losing, and we're like oh they're playing badly, they're yeah. playing really badly, and mm. then if they're out of the team, we're still playing badly, mm. and we're like okay, so it's almost like that applies to the whole squad. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of players who have just completely broken mm. yep. the team, and it's almost like it seems like it's a little bit beyond repair at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that might be a little bit of a negative view to have. Yeah, but I think the recent run of results has been bad really to bad. say the least. Yeah. So yeah. I think we can be excused for having <laughs> yeah. a slightly pessimistic <laughs> point of view right now. Yeah. I feel like for a first episode, we have chosen the darkest part of the night to begin after a loss to West Ham, like, and the, the way that the loss occurred, like it is, it is the darkest before the dawn. And yet we cannot <laughs> see any dawn. Like it's perpetual night. There is no dawn. Yeah, it yeah. is like we are in Sweden in the middle of winter. Yeah, that's what it, it is. Yeah. Just comp- it's eighteen hours of darkness. Mm-hmm. That's all we're seeing right now. And you are right. Like there should be the caveat that this is being recorded directly after the West Ham game. Directly after. Yeah. Um, so we are coming <laughs> in a bit of a salty space. Yeah, and it I, is. I, 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 I accept that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe on the West Ham game. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Woo! We Woo. should um we should cover that. It was quite exciting being like, oh look, you know, we're gonna record our first episode after West Ham, mm-hmm. Derby, we should get back on our feet, yeah, do that, mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll be all positive and mm-hmm. upbeat, um, have you know something to real smile about and, yeah. and go on that. And then we <laughs> just played one of the worst games of the season. Oh, it was by horrendous. Far. Yeah, yeah. The thing that uh, I, I've read a lot on on Twitter as people saying that oh Spurs actually played uh, really well in that second half and um, it uh, it wasn't such a bad loss but to me what it looked like was uh, it was terrible and then we just threw everything at the wall and nothing stuck <laughs> and totally. then we lost yeah I agree with you it's that that idea of like and it's happened I think in a couple of games this season where we played so badly in the first half. Mm. And then we haven't played as badly in the second. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, we actually played well in that mm. second half. And it's like, we didn't. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah we didn't. The standard was so low from the first it half. It was so low. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, especially with this game, like to concede so early. I mean, oh. that always hurts. Yeah, yeah. That always hurts. Yeah. Um, I also feel like Mikel Antonio was getting a lot of praise by the commentators. Mm. I don't think he's that great a striker. No. 
No. Um, but they were saying like, oh, he's so unorthodox. It's like, mm. oh, he scores goals everywhere. He does this, that, everything else. Mm. And I was like, they're kind of playing one up front, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Like we should be able to contain yeah. Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, he's not the most skillful player. Yeah, It's like, sure, he's quite physical and strong and like he, he gives the centre-backs a hard time. Mm. But like to concede, I think, you know, what was it, five minutes in? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that felt really bad. And it felt like straight away, it felt like the the defence, I just lost all trust for them. Because mm. um, you could just see it's like there's something very, very wrong here. Mm. Even though on paper, like Reguilon and Tanganga, I was like, I'm excited about this. Yep. Great. I love Tanganga. Mm-hmm. I want to see him more, more mm-hmm. and more and more. Yep. But then you look just inside and you see Sanchez and Dyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, boy. to me, and I don't want to talk about the second goal uh, yet because I want to talk about the first, but in both goals, to me, Dyer looks like he lives in like the mirror world yep. where everything <laughs> is reversed. Like he seems to go in the opposite direction to where the ball is played at all times. Yeah. Um, and it is infuriating to watch him play, especially, and I'm on the same page. I love Tanganga so much. I think he's really, really great. But after the the goal where it didn't look like Lloris called out to Dyer where, whether he was coming and then he dropped it and Dyer didn't do anything. But after the goal, Dyer then chose to turn and yell at Tanganga. I was like, oh, cool, yell at the 21-year-old dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his first start. Nice job, bro. Like, oh. It was almost felt like that thing where Dyer just wanted to blame anyone. And yeah. he, t- he turned around and first was Tanganga. Yeah, exactly. Because, um, I mean, watching the replays, you've seen Mora does not track um, no. for Niles. Mm. And yeah. then Dyer gets confused. Yeah. Dyer gets confused quite easily at games. Mm. Yeah. Um, so when Dyer had Antonio and Fornals there, got a bit confused, mm-hmm. kind of went... Um, Started to move a bit towards Fornals and then Ant- Antonio was in and, you know, poked it out and and got it away. Yeah. But it does like, yeah, Eric Dyer at the moment, he's just he's just all over the place. Yeah. I, I just don't – because he did have a good start to the season, especially after, you know, he's had those uh, injury troubles and he couldn't really play CDM anymore and now he's gone back to – he wants to play at centre-back and – there was a few games where it was like, oh, he, it looks like he's actually become a good centre-back. But what we're seeing now, like, is as bad as I've ever <laughs> seen him play. Oh, it's absolutely horrendous. Yeah, it's And horrendous. I think him and Sanchez, like, I, I feel like it really shows that um, <laughs> Dyer needs a babysitter mm. next to him yeah. um, for him to be half decent, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think what sort of showed me today, like, seeing him and Sanchez next to each other, mm-hmm. it was almost like... Parents have gone out. Mm-hmm. They've left the kids at home unsupervised and just given them the keys to the liquor cabinet. Yeah, <laughs> and anything can happen. Yeah, and like there's no control. There's no one calling the shots. No, there's no organization. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. Yeah, you occasionally then get like Hugo, um, <laughs> who I, I picture in this scenario as the older brother who's like in his room quietly trying to do a puzzle or something. Yeah, that is and, definitely Hugo. And he comes <laughs> out yeah, and just yeah. snarls every now and then for being disturbed. Yeah. But he still isn't like taking control no. of those two in defense. Yeah. And so it, to me, it just feels like there's, it just it's just children mm. running around. And someone of Dyer's experience, he's yeah. played enough Premier League minutes now that he mm. should he should have developed a lot more. Sanchez yeah. should have developed a lot more too. Mm. I know some people argue that Sanchez hasn't been given enough time to develop. Yeah. But- the two of them in there, it's it's it doesn't look good. No, it looks really bad. Uh, the thing that surprises me about Dyer is that 
he, you know, from all reports, you know, he's doing a social sciences degree. Apparently he's a very intelligent guy. But then when you watch him on the football field, it's like, what are you – it's like he has no he has no idea where the ball is going to go at any point in time. If his back is to a player, he has no idea that he's there, or the, you know, the player behind him. <laughs> I just don't understand how he's getting a game or, or why Jose is choosing to persevere with him when it's like, well, just play. If you're going to play the kids, as you, you know, yeah. put as an analogy, play Roden and Tanganga as the center backs. Totally. Yeah. I would take that. Mm. Over these two, yeah, right now, yeah, because I feel it's like it's. I don't know if there's a there's an element of Mourinho who's playing these to kind of prove a point mm. of that he doesn't have the defenders mm. that he wants or that he needs. So it's kind of like he'll put these players out and go, oh well, look, you know, well, what am I supposed to do? Mm. Yeah, you know, well, this is what I have. This is the best I have. Like, what what can I do? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows I want a centre back. Knows this. Blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. Like I almost feel like when when you get players paired up like this, it's throwing them under the bus a little bit. Yeah. Whereas if it was like Ronan T- and Tanganga, even if we play badly, we'd be like, hey, we're at least starting to develop some of these players mm-hmm. for the future, and we see more potential in them. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than Sanchez and Dyer. Mm. And I mean, if you look at the, um, in I think it was in All or Nothing. Yeah. When Mourinho tells Sanchez, like, hey, when we played against you and you were at Ajax, I told the team you were the weak link. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why? What? Yeah. Why are you playing him then? Why? Why? Yeah. yeah. Bizarre. It's totally bizarre. I, I just, Sanchez is so frustrating because we got that one year when he first came where he was really good. Like he did mm. a good job um, and then has never, ever been at that same level again. If anything, he's regressed so far below it that it's almost, you know, unrecognizable. Um, Definitely. Cause he was being mentioned as like, Oh, this could be the next Ledley King. Mm, mm-hmm. We might have another world-class defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's like, not the case. it's comical to even think of those comparisons at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me very much at the moment of pre Alderweireld and Vertonghen in a partnership when, you know, there was like Fazio was floating around and <laughs> we had the last couple the of years. The slowest man in the, the universe. The slowest man in the universe. <laughs> Playing in the fastest league on yeah. the planet. <laughs> like who thought it was a good idea <laughs> to recruit? Like, oh, just, I, I think, did he get sent off in his first game? It doesn't matter. He was terrible. I think he did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. But, yeah, it reminds me of, of that period of, of being like, we don't have a centre-back partnership we're just throwing, uh, you know, players in and seeing what happens. And um, if they do, it doesn't work, like you said, it's like almost like scapegoating or throwing them under the bus and being like, well, you know, what can I do? But, you know, to me, Joe's argument of, uh, which he said in a press conference after this game, you know, of like there are problems beyond my control. It's like, well, no, you're the manager. But also it's, it's not like uh, Moyes is playing with like, you know, Ramos and Van Dyke as his two centre backs. Totally. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. It, it almost sees in some ways that like Jose has kind of given up a lot. And I've mm. noticed, for example, even on the sidelines, mm-hmm. he's getting to look a lot more dishevelled. Yeah. As I go, and I noticed in the West game, West Ham game, he was wearing like these grey track pants. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. not like sports track pants or anything. Yeah. But they were these grey track pants, and like these, they looked like very comfortable, sort of like sneak. Like it didn't look like he was even getting dressed up for the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hasn't had a haircut. Um, yeah. This is not me trying to just, you know, rate <laughs> Mourinho out of 10 for his fashion for the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like in previous instances, we've seen him look alike, you know, look a lot sharper and <laughs> actually look like, you know, he's kind of like taking it, um, 
taking it seriously. It was also like on his Instagram, he seems to have lost some of those fun posts mm-hmm. that he used to have. Yeah. Um, so it kind of just seems like, I don't know if he cares <laughs> so much <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah. And he just knows that he's basically unfireable without getting a huge payout. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have noticed that the that, that little sweater vest that he wears <laughs> has been coming out more and more. And that started happening when the form started to dip. Yeah. So yeah. I think you might be onto something. I think there's a I think there's a clear correlation between yeah. what between yeah Mourinho not caring mm. and then it's kind of like if if you're going out with like your partner's friends and you don't really care about them mm. and you like you make no effort to get dressed up mm-hmm. or anything like that you go out with your friends you might make more of an effort yeah yeah um, and it feels like Mourinho is starting to like distance himself from mm. kind of everyone and yeah it's just it's just not looking good it's not looking good at all. Um, what did you think after the goal? There was like no response. In fact, I, there was footage, you know, of Mourinho <laughs> mocking the players for looking downtrodden. Yeah. <laughs> after it, like some kind of clown. Yeah. <laughs> um, in his <laughs> track pants and, and top, and then uh, there was sort of no response until the very end of the half. Like, I honestly couldn't tell you any significant moment for Spurs in that second half until I think like the 41st or maybe 42nd minute where Mm. I think Kane gets a shot off. Yeah. Um, But to that point, it was just calamitous. Like there was no plan going forward. We still seemed very vulnerable at the back. Yeah. Did you, how did you feel during that half? I think most of my thoughts from that first half were revolving around um, Lucas Mora. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just thinking like, like I think initially when Mora came to the club, I was, I was a fan. Mm. And I think that was based off of the hype when he first signed for PSG. Mm-hmm. When I think, man, you were going for him. PSG were in for him. He mm. was like the, you know, the new kid out of Brazil who was like going to be a world beater. Mm. And, and then, you know, he went to PSG and like, you know, started playing well there and for a period. And then I think that I, I just hadn't seen any of him in PSV. So I just still was like thinking it was a Mora that I had never even watched beforehand, but yeah. I was excited because I was like, oh, finally we're getting a player like that who, man, you were in for a while mm. ago and we don't usually get players like that come yeah. to us. Mm. Um, but I think gradually as time has gone on, mm. I've just seen like less and less from him. Mm. Like he's just running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Yeah. Like it's it's almost remarkable kind of. Um, for the skill he has in terms of like the speed mm. and he actually can dribble mm. at times, but it's like the decision-making is just it's horrendous. Yeah. And I think just watching this game, I was like the amount of times he just runs, he just gets the ball and bombs forward. Mm. Like he kind of reminds me of a person playing FIFA. Yeah. And they just got on the ball and they're just like sprint, 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 sprint. Yeah. yeah. See what happens. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm... Yeah, I'm the, I'm more and more worried when he's starting and he's mm. been starting a lot under Mourinho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you think the worst thing that could have happened for him was that goal he scored against Wolfsburger in the Europa League? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I let out a no. I was yeah. like, no, that's... <laughs> I had the exact same feeling. Because oh, it's just that... Because val- then I felt like, and maybe it was just because I'd seen that, was that this game he was then trying that kind of dribbling stuff more yeah uh and it didn't work once (laughs) (laughs) and Uh, it's like hey okay we're not playing against wolfsburger yeah we're playing against a much better opposition yeah 
in a much tougher league. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no disrespect to Wolfsburger, but mm. I mean, it's a complete golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. In skill level. So I agree. I was watching that game and when he scored, it was kind of a, a half sigh of like, oh, yeah. I'm glad we scored, but also did it have to be more after going on a run? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it's it's just too much of the same. And I think like I made a little bit of, like notes from the first half and the basically 90% of them uh, in this West Ham mm-hmm. game are like, Mora, Mora, what is he doing? Mora's a runaway train, mm. bad pass to Son. Mora misses another pass. How is Mora in Jose's good books? <laughs> what is Mora? <Maura? laughs> <laughs> like all my notes are basically about Mora in the first half. Mm, mm. Or I, what you said earlier about Mora uh, not tracking, uh, who was it that got the cross in for West Ham? Uh, it was uh, Bowen who crossed it in. Yeah. And Mora didn't track four nails. Ah, okay. He didn't track four nails. Some of the argument for him being in the team has been about um, him being a good defensive winger. He's able to come back and defend. Yeah. And it's part of the reason why Bale hasn't played because it's like, well, he, he's not doing that. Yeah. But he's not doing it. He doesn't do it. So what's the point of him him, him being there? Um, oh, actually, also on, on the on this first goal <laughs> still, and, and, on, and this is off Lucas Moura because otherwise I'm going like, to punch a wall. Um, That's fine. This whole podcast is going to be our anger at this first goal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but in the build-up, Regulon gets completely body-checked um, and it just hasn't – it didn't get checked. It hasn't really, from what I've read or listened to, hasn't been discussed at all. Did you, when it happened, I was like, that is such an obvious foul. Um, what did you think? When it first happened, mm. I was like, foul. On the replay though, I was like, you know what? Maybe not foul. Mm. But I think the replay really showed how everyone around the ball just stopped. Yeah. And that's like, um, I think Hoiberg was there. Mm. Uh, Son was there. Mm. Son didn't go out to close Bowen no, at yeah, all. Yeah, no, he didn't at all. Um, it's like he blo- It was like he was playing chicken with him. He was like, well, yeah. Yeah. Is he going to cross it in? Yeah, he's not. Yeah, yeah. He's not good. So yeah, whatever. He, and then he, he plays like, this perfect reverse cross. Mm, yeah. Oh, it was a great cross. It was. It was, a, it was a beautiful cross. Yeah. It was a beautiful cross. Like, it was a. It was a wonderful cross. Mm-hmm. Like a part of me was happy to see that cross. It was. Yeah. But not actually happy at all. But it was like, I think it was that sort of delivery is just something that we've lacked a bit. Yeah. Um, in our team, so seeing that play, it was like such an inch perfect. Um, cross to come through, and also those ones that like are the the, the reverse ones, which do whip in towards the goal, are so dangerous because they're so hard mm. for goalkeepers to pick up and and everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, just seeing like our team just stop and pause, yeah. and they're just so convinced that it's a foul mm. on Regan. But what I don't understand is that these are like professional players who should be used to play to the whistle. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. like, okay, great, it might be checked for VR, it might be called a foul later, mm. but like. Still to stop the cross getting in. Exactly. Yeah. And then if it's a foul, we get a free kick from there. Like don't completely stop because of yeah. the risk of exactly what happened. Like Exactly. Um, the other thing that happened was <laughs> we should just call this the first goal. The first goal. <laughs> Larice, this is a 10-part series. Yeah. Then we're going to break down every player's role in this first goal. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and each episode goes for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Larice drops the ball. And like out of all the Larice dropping the ball uh, scenarios that have happened in the last few games, this one is probably the most excusable because of the way the ball came in and yeah. the bodies around him. But he did 
do it again. And he's kind of got like a bit of a glass hands scenario at the moment where he can't seem to hold on to balls when they are fired at him and they go in despite him getting there, drops another ball. I, I just, it worries me that his form, because at the start of the season we were talking about how his form was so great. Yeah, he's back. Lloris is back. Lloris is back. He's back. He's got it. He can play on his line. This is better. He's older. And now we are seeing the same as, you know, we were maybe concerned about, you know, a year year ago, a year and a half ago. It's it's awful. Every time a ball goes at him, I do not trust that he will save it. No, and it almost looks like he doesn't really trust it himself anymore. Yeah. And I feel like he went through that really bad um, run of form before he broke his elbow. Yeah. Um, and then it was almost like for him, it was lucky that he broke his elbow because it mm. was kind of like, well, he's broken his elbow now. Now he's out, mm. out of the spotlight for a little bit. Yeah, um, we can't basically just like slag off Hugo. Yeah, <laughs> for, yeah, for his, yeah, for his mistakes anymore. Yeah, and then he came back, and like you said at the start of the season, he was playing a lot better. Mm. We're like, okay, he's actually back. Like you said, he's matured a bit in in the sense of he's playing slightly differently to how he was. He's not coming out as much as he used to, but mm-hmm. he seems to be a lot more solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like. It's really hard for me, I think, to to pinpoint where the problem actually is because it's like if he has two decent centre backs in front of him, mm. like I've never played as a goalkeeper, yeah, but I think you've got to be a bit crazy to play there, yeah. Um, but if you have two really good centre backs in front of you, I would assume that would raise your confidence mm. of what you can achieve, yeah. And you'd be like, okay, cool, they're they're going to do a good job at stopping things. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, I think, like I was saying earlier, like. Hugo, it's almost like he snarls at people like yeah. when these mistakes made. And it seems like he's kind of given up on the defense a bit as well. Mm. And that has sort of affected his form, mm. which is completely like in the gutter. Yeah. yeah. Um, at in the moment the too. Gutter. Yeah. I thought the only Spurs player that had a good game in that first half was probably Regulon. See, this is what one of the commentators said in the game as well. Yeah. And I think I missed it a little bit because I was too focused. And this is my bad. I was too focused on Mora. Yeah. <laughs> and like just I was getting too frustrated with mm. him. Um, but I think, yeah, he did at least. I think it shows like whilst Regan, it wasn't like, one, you know, it wasn't one of his best games for Spurs. Mm. It does show actually what he brings to the team and what we severely lack when he's not in there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. For me, I thought the reason why he was the only player that sort of had a a good game leading up to that inverted uh, commas is that he was the only one that was giving us any forward thrust. Yeah. Um, and I, I think his defending in that first half maybe wasn't actually that great, but he was the only one that was sort of getting us even close to being in the final third. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whether, you know, like even my hero, uh, <laughs> I felt, I mean, I just think he's so tired um, we've seen in the last couple of games that he's made quite a few little errors that yeah. at the start of the season he would never make. Uh, uh, and, I, yeah. I agree with you. It looks like like he to me looks like a dad running around after twins for three months. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then he's just spent. Yeah. And he's just like he's hobbling about and he's kind of, you know, you can tell that there's still, he does still provide some sense of solidity, but he's done. Yeah. Like as in not done, for, but like done in terms of energy. Yeah. Yeah. He's completely cooked. And then even who I also love and on ballet, like he either West Ham did a really good job of curtailing. Cause well, they know that if we're moving forward, it's probably going to end up going through him yeah. at some point. And he was somewhat ineffective, but 
you know, you've also got to look to the players in front. And uh, there was nothing. <laughs> there was absolutely nothing. There was absolutely nothing. And yeah. like, I think to to Ndombele's defense, like there were some nice passes that he did yep, play forward. Yep. But again, I think if you're him, you're kind of frustrated if you're playing those through to Lucas, mm. and they kind of go nowhere. Like Ndombele looks like a player who does get quite frustrated in games. Yeah. And moves don't um, work out. Mm-hmm. Or if he makes a pass and then it all breaks down, it's mm. kind of, you can see that he gets a little bit frustrated mm. about that. So I think that could also be like a bit of maturity from him yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just seems like that three in front, um, it's, just, there's just not much move going yeah. on there, especially now that Son's out of form as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he's <laughs> not, not had a good few weeks at all. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. Thank you for listening to part one of our first ever episode. Please stay tuned for part two.